This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Mustard and Johnson, our number three. Don't forget Dale Arnold, Kirk Minahan coming up at 1 o'clock. Red Sox playing a little earlier tonight. 6.05 start out in Cleveland at the Jake. Our pregame begins at 5.20 right here on Sports Radio WEEI, our baseball discussion and some Pat preseason talk will continue a little bit later on. But right now, let's uh, say hello to WEEI.com's Paul Flannery, basketball writer extraordinaire. Hello, Paul. Hey, guys. How's it going? Pretty good. Well, uh, the NBA had themselves a uh, a little deal the other day. Four players, uh, four teams, I should say. And uh, the players that matter most, obviously, Dwight Howard going to L.A., and uh, Andrew Bynum heading to Philadelphia, I would say that uh, David Stern and company have to be pretty happy about the events of Thursday. Oh, I guess. I mean, it, it's it's sort of weird how this one turned out. I mean, sure, I guess the NBA would like Dwight Howard in Los Angeles, but this is this is a tricky deal for the Celtics because now they're going to have to deal with Andrew Bynum, mm. and and that's a that's a that, that's a that's a problem for them because he is he's one of the guys that Kevin Garnett really dislikes playing when he plays center because he's so big mm. and he just leans on him, and so now he's going to be in the division. That's four times a year, and if you look at the Atlantic Division guys, there are four legit centers now in the in the Atlantic Division. Uh, Tyson Chandler, we know about. Brooke Lopez is coming back. A kid for Toronto named uh, Jonas Valanciunas, who's, who's very good. Is coming into the league. That's 16 games a year that Garnett's going to be playing a real center right. without, you know, frankly, uh, a real backup. You know, Paul, I, I made an attempt to be sort of objective and um, almost global about this about this trade, but it didn't take long for us to immediately assess what it means for the Boston Celtics. We got local very quickly, didn't we? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, because I think I think there's a lot of attention being paid on Dwayne Howard. Right. You know, and, and rightly so, because people forget because he had look, he didn't have a good year last year and his back was a problem and there are a lot of people who think he mailed it in the second half of the year and this this he has not come out of this looking good at all. And so but he's still a top three player in my opinion in the NBA. See, this so is my this problem, Paul. Lot. I apologize. Uh the problem I have with Howard and I, I saw him in that turkey of a game he played in Boston. Uh, this year, I was at that game. They got blown out by 30, and he was terrible. The whole team was awful. Every year, I wait for Dwight Howard uh, to become a little bit more multidimensional offensively, and every year, I'm disappointed. He is so one-dimensional, so predictable on offense. Is he really a top-three player? Oh, yeah. I, I don't oh, see yeah. it. I, I do not see it. Closer. I think he needs to look a little closer at his offensive game. I mean, I'm not looking at the numbers right now, but – you know, he's, he gets 18, 25 points a night, 12, 14 rebounds, and he shoots close to 60%. I mean, he's not going to be a team Elijah Warren, all right? He's not going to score 30 points. But he is a destructive force on defense and an excellent offensive player. Not a great offensive player like some of these guys. You know, he's, he's different than some of these guys. But I, he is absolutely can completely carry a team. He carried the Magic all the way to the NBA Finals. That was not a great Magic team in 2009. He carried them to the Finals. When he's engaged, 
he is that good. Now, he hasn't been engaged for two mm. years, and sometimes these guys think they can turn it on and turn it off, and it doesn't work out that way. But we will see because he will have to be engaged playing in L.A., playing with Kobe. Paul, talk about uh, – uh, I was talking to Craig about it earlier. He said about Howard. If immediately people said, ah, he doesn't have any offense. Well, what kind of effect is Nash going to have on him? Oh, he's going to have a big effect. With the pick and roll. Pick and run, pick and roll all day long. But, you know, it's going to be interesting, guys, because we've seen this before with the Lakers. And, you know, the analogy that uh, comes to mind, and it's different because there are different points in their career, but that 2014 that went out and got Carl Malone and Gary Payton. And you had guys who were all used to being, you know, the number one option, and they were all basically fighting to be the number one option. Now, Nash, Nash can run a show. We know that. But you still have Kyle Gasol, who's still you know, an all-star player. You have Kobe, who you know is going to be the ultimate alpha, alpha guy there. And you have Dwight Howard. Somebody's going to be the fourth option in that mix, and somebody's not going to be happy. So that's a pretty combustible mix that they have right now. Do you see? Well, that's the same thing with Miami right, with exactly. Allen, though, right? Right. Exactly. Well, I look at more. It looks you're describing maybe Miami in their first year, mm-hmm. uh, trying to get to know each other, and obviously it took them a while to do it, but it all came together a couple of months ago. Uh, do you sense um, some ego problems getting in the way of their success out west? Oh, sure, yeah. absolutely, of course. And you know, the Miami situation was a little bit different from where I was sitting because it seemed like there were three guys who were trying to not step on each other's toes okay. rather than three guys, you know, trying to assert themselves and assert who's the boss. And, you know, there's a famous, you know, Adrian Wojnarowski reported there's a famous phone call that Kobe and Dwight Howard had where Dwight expected him to say, yeah, come, come on, you're going to be their number two guy. And, and Kobe was like, no, nah, come here, you're going to play defense and rebound. And that wasn't what he wanted to hear. <laughs> but, yeah, I think there's going to be some egos. And, you have a guy, Mike Brown, who I think in a vacuum, Mike Brown is a decent NBA coach. But, you know, he's never had to handle a team like this with this kind of personality. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of attention being paid. You know, everybody there is going to be under scrutiny. And their window is not very big. It's very short. The other question to me is if the uh, uh, dear commissioner was so concerned about Chris Paul and about the balance of a trade and not hurting any franchises, how can the Lakers pull off a deal like this and still keep Gasol? Well, I mean, you know, the, the difference there is that the NBA owned the Hornets when that, when that trade went down, which has always been a problem, had been predicted to be a problem for years and years, and I still don't like the way that, that went down. I think, they, I think the NBA overstepped its bounds, even if, even if New Orleans got a better deal out of it. I still think the NBA overstepped its bounds. But in this situation, I mean, it's crazy, though, isn't it? You know, Lakers fans are constantly saying, oh, we're going to get this guy, we're going to get this guy, and then they wind up doing it. So, you know, credit Mitch Kupchak who keeps getting these guys when nobody thinks they can, but Orlando did not handle this well oh. at all. Um, so how has anybody been in touch with Garnett at all since he recently? <laughs> nobody, nobody gets in touch with Garnett during summer, guys. <laughs> so no, nobody can find him. I know Pierce had a comment about that. So are you pleased still with the way the Celtics are presently constituted, and do you still see them in the hunt with the rest of these teams? Yeah, they're in the hunt, no question. It's interesting, though. I mean, they built – Danny rebuilt the team with an eye on Miami, which is, you know, versatile guards, versatile forwards, guys who can play different positions, different lineups, different matchups. And I like – you know, I like everything they did. I really do. And, you know, considering how, you know, tied and limited they were, I think they did a really, really, really nice job rebuilding the team. But if you look at it, the biggest problem they have is they just don't have a lot of size. After Garnett, they've got Jason Collins, who, you know, will give you 10 minutes a night, veteran, knows all the tricks. you got Chris Wilcox. 
And I really don't think you can count on Todd Mello giving you a whole heck of a lot this year. He's just got so much size. It's going to be their biggest issue. Are you optimistic about Green? In what sense? Health-wise, and will he get it now? I mean, I know before we came there in the trade, and it seemed to take a long time for him to assimilate into the system. If if he's healthy, and obviously we have to believe he is or he wouldn't be out there, um, can't he contribute a lot uh, to this team this year? Well, I mean, you know, health-wise, everyone everyone says he's going to be fine, and that's that's obviously the most important thing with um, with his heart. But you know, I've never particularly been a Jeff Green fan as a, yeah. as a basketball player. I think he's a good guy, you know, nothing wrong there. But um, I just I don't see it. He's sort of a not really a small forward, not really a four, you know, kind of this hybrid guy. And he he look, he's determined. And he's he's motivated and he's skilled that he wants to show he's a better player than what he's been. But you know, I got to see it. I really got to see it before I buy into it. That was the one move this summer that I would have a quibble with. Not not bringing him back, but just you know the amount and the length. Of well, time. I, well, I, I tell you one thing, and I it's in my classic line: some of these guys should be in church more than me. Did you see what Jermaine O'Neal signed? But what did he sign with Phoenix? Suns, yeah. Perfect. Mm. I mean, that, everybody goes to Phoenix to heal up. They got the best training staff in the league. Uh, so uh, the Flannery power rankings of yeah. uh, as of this morning, August eleventh, two thousand and twelve, with the acquisition of Howard, do the Lakers shoot to the top, or are the oh. Heat still number one? I still got the Heat one, and I got Oklahoma City one out west. I oh. really do. So uh, yeah. you, you think Oklahoma City will be challenged, obviously, but not yeah. overtaken by the Lakers? Nope. Why not? Nope. And because I think they're younger, and I think they have the two things that give LA. Massive problems, which is a point guard and Russell Westbrook that they can't guard, and Perkins, and and a wing player and Kevin Durant who they will have a hard time guarding. Yeah. So, and what about Perkins in the middle? Well, you know Perkins. Perkins, Perkins <laughs> is going to be forever overrated in Boston, but I love the guy, so I'll never say a bad thing about him. But he can guard looking, Howard. If you're looking to to battle some size, Perkins mm. is your guy. And you know they went out and they got they got guys like the beat. And Daniel Orton, who's a big big center, has never done much. And, you know, they, they may not be much, but they're big, and they can foul. So they're kind of they're set up to play a big team like the Lakers. And, you know, and James Harden is a terrific player the Lakers have. Because if you start looking at that Laker bench, it's pretty thin. So I still like Oklahoma City. i got to ask you this quickly, and, and I know about salary caps and cutting mm-hmm. people and everything, but still – from your relationship and being around Doc Rivers a lot, um, how would you compare him to what's going on over at the Fenway with, with um, Bobby Valentine in, in terms of just relating to players? Mm. Well, there, you know, I've been around a lot of coaches, a lot of sports, and I have never seen a character, quite, a coach quite like Doc in terms of relating to players. It's, it's, it's an interesting mix, guys, because he has their utmost respect and yet they also fear him at the same time, in a way. And he, he, you know, he commands attention and commands respect. They will do anything for him. They will run through a wall for him. But at the same time, he says, you know, I need you to do this. There may be some grumbling, but they're going to do it. Why do they fear him? I, you know, he just, what Doc says, because I think, I think it goes back to respect as much as anything else. When when he when he says something, they know it's been well thought out. That it has the best interest of the team in mind, and it, it may not be in their personal best interest, but it's the best interest of the team, and that's why they're there, and that's the culture they have. 
And it's really, you know, it's truly, it's, it's a wonderful thing to watch in professional sports, and it's rare. And do, it's something that you should hold on to. Do athletes, like, do their homework? Like, in other words, Doc has the, has the cachet. He's played mm-hmm. in the league and what he's done with this team. Like Valentine, we know about, you know, his cachet or a lack thereof or what he's done <laughs> and what he hasn't done. Do you think players, and of course players assess, the, and let's face it, the players know that Doc has, Danny, Doc has Danny's backing him as well as the ownership. Whereas with Valentine, I don't sense that the players sense that he has the same backing. Well, that's, and that's a big thing, and I think that, you know, and Doc and Danny, don't forget, now Doc and Danny don't get along on everything either, and they disagree. But they take care of their issues away from the locker room. You know, if they have a disagreement, they'll work it out amongst themselves. That's really what makes the Celtics tick. They actually fight all the time. They are between themselves. And it rarely, it rarely gets out. It ra- you rarely see it out. And that's why, you know, when something like the Ray Allen thing, people started, you know, like, wow, what was going on there? Well, it was just one of these things. It was just bubbling below the surface. So, yeah, I think the fact that the Celtics organization is, you know, Hand in hand, right now, does goes a long way in, in terms of in terms of keeping control over that. Well, it's also uh, let me continue that power rankings. If you have uh, Miami and Oklahoma at the top, uh, where are the uh, Celtics <laughs> in that uh, power <laughs> That's ranking? Question. Yeah. I haven't done them yet. Um, you know, it's and they're an interesting thing because if you're talking about a regular season power ranking, they might be closer to number ten than number one. Wow. But if you're talking about a playoff power ranking, right now, I still think they're the, they're the second best team in the East in the playoffs if they're healthy. Right. And not everybody agrees with me. A lot of people don't. A lot of people think that the, that they're going to take a big slide this year. But I still think matchup to matchup, series to series, they're the team that matches up best with Miami. That doesn't going to beat them. But the team that matches up best with Miami. And I think that they have a bit of a hold over other squads. You know, the Bulls are kind of in flux. The Pacers I'm not sold on yet. And Brooklyn and Philly are going to be much, much better, but they still haven't done it. Absolutely. You well, know, watching, uh, I agree with you. I think that Howard now has become the villain of, of the NBA. This, sure. Just the way he's handled everything and got his coach fired. And, and he's he, also playing for the Lakers. No, but even before that, though, right. he gets his coach fired and then he cuts out. Um, right. it, but the other part is with, with LeBron winning and him in the Olympics and the other night he put up a great game for them. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you think he's recovered his image now and people are no longer going to be as, as judgmental on, on, on him? Sure. I mean, nothing Nothing does more for the image than winning. Yep. And especially winning the way he did it, where he took control of that Celtics series and had a monster game and took, really took control of the NBA Finals too and played well. I mean, there's not much else you can say now. No, you, you know? can't. You, you know, if anybody redeemed himself, you couldn't have done it in a more spectacular, convincing yes. way than LeBron. And he had the good fortune of having the Olympics right on top right. of it. This right. is like the year that LeBron redeemed and atoned for everything that happened before it. Uh, You're right, and, and Dwight Howard, not you know, just, just to finish the point, <laughs> right. Dwight Howard has certainly, you know, taken taken that mantle because look, I mean, you know, I, I'm a fan of Dwight Howard, the player. I, I do not like the way he handled his business the past year, and no one does. I think that David Stern uh, and company have to uh, figure out a way to stop further issues like this from happening because you know we we understand what happened uh, with other players uh, like like. Um, mellow and, and and players who will themselves to other teams when they're under contract to another team and and, and i think the nba really has to find a way to stop that there is no way to stop it no and they, they tried to sell you this nonsense during the lockout that they were going to stop it which was, a, which was a sham and a ruse and they can't stop it because in this league 
players have the power because without the players, you can't win. You cannot win with a team of good players. It's very, very, very rare. You need a great player. Now, you know, I will argue Dwight Howard is a great player all the live long day, and I will argue that Carmelo is not. But mm. um, you, you can't stop it. You just can't. And that's, that's, this is the league. And it's been that way forever, guys. Go back to Will. Is Lynn going to be successful in Houston? I think so. I think so. I think he's a good player. I don't think, you know, we're going to see Lynn Sanity again, but I think he's a good player. He's in a situation where he can just go be a player and not have to be right. this thing. I think and for him it's fantastic. I think for him with the exposure and, and he couldn't even leave his house, he had to be incognito half the places yep. he went. He was not having any kind of a private life at all. Uh, yet, if from the Knicks' perspective, wasn't that a colossal mistake? I mean, the guy delivered on the court, if he stays healthy, and all the marketing possibilities and everything else, I mean, they were being penny-wise and pound-foolish from my perspective. No, yeah. No? I mean, this is the yeah. Knicks. This is what yeah. they do. And not only that, but, I mean, signing Jason Kidd, who's mm. pretty much at the end of his rope, and Ray Felton. Oh, just because, why? Just because they went out and celebrated? Jason Who? Kidd? Just because they went out and celebrated afterwards? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a PR disaster that was. All right. That was, that was a disaster. And, you know, I mean, Felton, Felton was one of the worst point guards in the league. So, hey, good move, guys. <laughs> hey, Paul, we appreciate your insights as usual, and we'll, uh, we'll watch for that next article on weei.com. All right, guys. Hey, thanks, Paul. Paul Flannery joining us on Sports Radio WEI. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.